Hello, and welcome. This is Hard Reset. For the last four weeks, the followers of a 21-year-old white nationalist have been trolling speaking events for Republicans like Representative Dan Crenshaw, Charlie Kirk of Turning Point USA, and writer Matt Walsh. The conflict gained broader attention last weekend when this alt-right splinter group heckled Donald Trump Jr. off the stage during an event to promote his book. These performances have been called the Groiper, Groiper, excuse me, the Groiper Wars, and the person behind them is Nicholas Fuentes, a white nationalist with a huge online following through his YouTube show, America First. Big of True founder Molly Bryant wrote about this show last week. As a result, as a result of her reporting, America First is removed from Apple Podcast. Um, this week we're going to talk a little bit about that story, about Molly's reporting. First of all, Molly, uh, how are you? And also, can you tell us about Nick Fuentes? Uh, kind of who is this guy and what's going on with this? So Nicholas Fuentes, he's 21 years old, as you mentioned earlier. He is uh, the host of the show um, America First. So I've listened to that a little bit. Um, the episodes are uh, insanely long. They're about three hours long. They're kind of riddled with uh, gay slurs and um, some generally, uh, you know, of offensive stuff. And uh, also he you know, has a history of being involved with the alt-right movement. So he attended the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, a while back. Um, during that rally, um, a, uh, a counter-protester died. And uh, Molly, that was famously the rally um, after which Donald Trump made the good people on both sides comment that's kind of stuck out uh throughout his presidency as, you know, a, a low point or um, a, a very divisive event. Uh, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Um, so the the woman who died, her name was Heather Heyer. And so around this time, uh, Nicholas Fuentes, he had, uh, I believe he had a show at that time on Right Side Broadcasting Network, um, which is a, a pro-Trump media company. And he was interviewed by uh, a different national or like high profile uh, media organizations and he blamed uh, the death of Heather Heyer on the left um, after the unite the after the unite the right rally um, he told the Boston Globe that he got 15 death threats and he wound up leaving uh boston university which was where he was going to college at the time and he uh returned to lagrange park which is a, a suburb of of chicago but i have to ask molly since i had to say it in the intro what is a groiper like what what does that refer to and what did i just say so a groiper what is a groiper so you might be familiar with Pepe the Frog. So that is a weird looking cartoon frog that was appropriated by the alt-right to kind of, you know, signify that you were a part of the alt-right. The Groiper is a similar illustration. So it looks kind of similar to Pepe the Frog, but it's different. It's people call it a toad. So it's a, a, a different animal and it's like larger, like it's a more kind of Rubenesque kind of kind of animal. 
And um, also it's associated with views that are further to the right than the alt-right from from what I can tell. Okay, so this guy and and the people who, who follow his show, who follow his content, uh, they've been trolling, they've been showing up to troll Republicans, they've been trolling up to show people on the right. And then, we, like we said in the intro, this got wide attention when uh, Donald Trump Jr. refused to confront these guys. He said that he, he wasn't going to give them sound bites that might sound, uh, that might make them sound bad, that, that people on the left could use. And they didn't buy that. So what are they doing and why? Yeah. So what are they doing? Basically, they're going to these events for conservative speakers who they feel aren't um, conservative enough. So uh, those those people include Representative Dan Crenshaw, Charlie Kirk of Turning Point USA. And they seem especially fixated on Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk. Uh, these guys that we're talking about here are often targets of people saying that they're, you know, too far to the right. These guys are often held up as as extremists themselves. And so these the grapers are, are you're saying that they're they're saying they're not extreme enough. Yeah, that's right. They're calling them conservative ink. So they're basically like dominating these Q&A sessions. That's that's been kind of the history for the last 4 weeks and it's kind of like escalated over over time. They come in with these questions that are really absurd, confrontational. They might be racist or anti-Semitic or anti-LGBT. And I believe we have a, a clip from one of the Q&As that I wanted to bring in. So this is from an event um, near the end of October. And what you're going to hear is um, it, it starts with uh, Charlie Kirk and um, his guest, Rob Smith, who identifies as a uh, gay black conservative. It's them responding to uh, a racist question from uh, one of the America First folks. To not be able to communicate to communities in the black community, which I believe the black community is an inherently conservative community, a community that is around the ideas of the Judeo-Christian tradition. It is a pro-life community. It's a hard-working community. And so to reject your premise that, oh, how are we going to keep the white status of this? I find that to be a racist question. I reject the idea behind it. I do not think America should become a white ethnostate as a country. In fact, I think that is a fringe perspective. I appreciate you being here, and I'm going to rationally push back against it every single time I come in contact with it. As Thank you, you for coming tonight. I appreciate it. And can, wait, can I just say, I'm always like cutting in. So there's this idea that with America and our history, and our history is America is an imperfect place that keeps on getting better, I think. But there's this idea that all of our values are inherently white, or, or there's this idea that the conservative movement right now and the conservative movement that I'm a part of is black, it's Latino, it's white. It's so many people that have the same inherent ideas and we come together with these differences because we all believe in the power and beauty of America. We all believe that patriotism and nationalism is a good thing. These are not things that are specific to a skin color or an ethnicity or a nationality or religion 
or a background or anything else. And that is the world that I'm trying to push forward. That is the world that I believe that we live in. That is the movement that we are living in right now. So the idea that if America somehow becomes less white, then we're going to lose our values is an inherently racist idea. And not only is it racist against the blacks, whites, whatever, it's racist against people who are white that reject that nonsense as well, period. Next question. Yeah, what a racist question that was. So I got a, a quick and fun, lighthearted question for you, Charlie. Uh, so I know you gave a speech uh, in Jerusalem early this year. Yes, uh, I did. Uh, were there any like awesome, fun dance parties that you guys had afterwards? Because I heard that Israelis are some of the best dancers in the world. Uh, I mean, if you guys don't believe me, just Google dancing Israelis. It's insane how good their dance moves are. Would you agree or disagree with that? Israel is a beautiful country, a great country, too. It is. They're our greatest ally. Correct. Thanks for being here tonight. Next question. Okay, and in that clip, so what what that person was referring to, dancing Israelis, that is a reference to an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. So that individual was kind of able to bring the attention of the room to this conspiracy theory during uh, a Q&A session and just kind of like bring attention away from everything do they have any like stated goal molly with with disrupting these sessions or is it, is it simply to troll people that they think um are out of line with the beliefs that they believe in well actually um to kind of add a little context so for the story i wrote last week i talked to someone who is uh, a conservative himself he is someone who knew nick fuentes when they both attended colleges in the boston area and were like kind of involved in the conservative community there so his name is william nardi and he is a new york-based writer for the national review he wrote about you know his experience um with Fuentes in a piece last year for Vice. Here's kind of what he thought that they're trying to do at these events. Yeah, and I guess that sort of brings us to what's happening now with uh, uh, the Groiper Wars, um, mm. which is a phrase, you know, I don't relish saying, but um, <laughs> yeah. So what do you think of all that? Like, have you watched these videos and, and what... What's your reaction? Yeah. Um, it's really sickening because what they've done is is exactly what Trump has done. They've honed this, uh, they, they've honed the demonization that they rightfully get for their prejudice. Uh, you know, that I'm sure you've seen the image of Charlie Kirk looking scared on stage while a whole bunch of frogs are standing in line to ask him questions. I mean, those kinds of cartoons give you insight into how they see themselves. You know, they see themselves as toads that, um, you know, like it's like a sort of sickening image, but they're honing it because they think that they're doing something that's virtuous or just. Um, what they need to realize is that, especially with faith, you will find acceptance with God if you actually are sorry for what you've been a part of. And I think a lot of people will find themselves, um, you know, caught inside of that because, like I said, they don't really know any better or, you know, maybe they're just trying to feel out different ways of finding community. Um, 
And I think that's really the biggest thing is that, you know, how does a young conservative find community? Is it through your campus? Is it through a sense of nationalism? Is it through a sense of, uh, of ethnicity or, or ethnic or racial pride? Uh, this is something that isn't exclusive to the right either. I mean, a lot of people will find themselves bound together by a sense of ethnic pride. Um, it's when you are unable to transcend that for the dignity of the human being that it becomes a problem. And that's where it's becoming an issue, that he is just a troublemaker and a rabble-rouser. And all of these young people who are angry and hurt and wounded because, you know, whether it's because of things that they've faced in their own lives that have boiled over into their, their careers in politics or whether that's because of how politics has exacerbated those wounds. Um, he's wrangling them together. He's a, he's a charismatic figure. And I don't mean that in a, in a positive way. I mean that in like a Hitler charismatic negative way. And he's finding ways to identify with young people um, who feel disillusioned and finding people, uh, finding ways to connect and, and to create these communities with young people. And that's the reason why his followers are so devoted. Like one thing that is happening is during Nick Fuentes's show, he's really urging his followers to to make a scene at these events so one of the videos i watched from his show like he encouraged them to not move if they're asked to move to like encourage the people who are holding the events to call the police to come to bring security over so that is is kind of what's going on i guess another thing i should mention is just the kind of contradictions with uh, Nick Fuentes and his views claims to be of Mexican descent and, and yet he is you know like espousing these white nationalist views the other like the thing that kind of separates this from the alt-right is a Christianity aspect they're kind of considering this a moral kind of movement but that also allows them to attack Judaism, to attack uh, people who are uh, LGBT and that kind of thing. So there are a lot of contradictions. And I think uh, William actually had some interesting things to say about that as well. So you see sort of a split within the alt-right is that all of these young people who are looking for faith and, and they're really trying to seek that spiritual fulfillment, they find themselves attracted to people who are speaking uh, in very strong terms uh, like Nick Fuentes and then where they're actually, you know, they're predisposed already to some sort of racism. Uh, and then they find themselves becoming more religious through Fuentes. I actually met a kid that went to Harvard while I was in Boston. And he actually told me he started going to mass because of Nick Fuentes. Uh, or at least partially because of Nick Fuentes. Um, and he was just very aggressive when he talked to me. He was he was angry that I would even, um, that that somebody as religious as me would not be on board with some of the more extreme ideas that he has. Um, so in one sense, I mean, it's, it's good to see that, you know, the silver lining in all this insanity is that some people are, are coming to the church because of that. Um, but it's whether or not they'll actually realize the truth and separate the racism and, and the bigotry from what is legitimate faith. 
Yeah, and I, I gotta say, Molly, um, I, I listened to this whole interview that you conducted with uh, with Will Nardi, and I found it fascinating um, to hear how he kind of uh, felt compelled to draw a line between himself, someone that considers himself a conservative, um, and you know, it, it doesn't doesn't shy away from from having right wing politics, but still, he felt like. Uh, he couldn't abide by people like Fuentes and what they were kind of espousing as their core beliefs and, and pushing into that dialogue that, that Nardi was, is a part of, you know, working for the national review, stuff like that. And I think he, he has a clip from the interview where he talks about um, kind of how Fuentes's goal seems to be to radicalize people that might be vulnerable in the same movement or, or might be, um, you know, open to, going even further into uh, a belief that, that Nardi maybe um, does hold, but then can get taken down kind of a primrose path by someone like Fuentes. Uh, I, I'd love to hear his, his uh, clip about that here. And I think part of what it is, like it's been said about Trump that uh, Trump is always in on the joke whenever he says something that's really outrageous. And that's one of Nick's defenses as well. He wants to believe that he truly deep down isn't race, uh, racially prejudiced or anything, but that he is anti-political correctness. And because he's anti-political correctness, he uses that as a defense against what he calls virtue signaling or, or anything like that um, because people are too sensitive. But, but truly, uh, what he needs to realize is that the way that he portrays himself must be authentic. And what he's doing is gaslighting people into letting them believe whatever he wants about them so that he can grow the largest audience possible. And then he takes advantage of flaws within the conservative movement to grow his audience and it swells as well. And then through that process, they become radicalized through either other people that they meet in the network uh, or him himself. So he's having a horribly uh, contagious effect that's having awful collateral damage. And I think a lot of conservative publications don't want to write about him because they don't want to give him any more attention. And that's the issue. Um, part of the reason why I went to Vice in the first place when I wrote that article was because I wanted to say to the left, please don't think that I am a part of him. Please don't think that I'm a part of or, or condone anything that he is doing. Uh, you know, I might have views than you that are different in, in, in other realms, um, but you can't look at the whole and the majority of the right in this way. I really just wanted to get down to how the system uh, really shuffles people into different places and then uh, you know, eventually leads to them being radicalized. Will Nardi, who considers himself a conservative and looking at the issue of of how to combat this we've talked about deplatforming on the show before, and how uh, speakers can use what we've called the liar's dividend to kind of convince at least a few people. Anytime you have a, a conflict, anytime you give someone a platform, you're giving them uh, the ears of some people who will believe them, and they will gain some strength through that exposure. And so, uh, I would I would like to know what Will thought about uh, deplatforming and about how to treat um, these trolls. So do you think that, like, YouTube and Apple Podcasts should remove his show? Absolutely. He should be deplatformed in every possible way. And, you know, that, that you won't hear a lot of conservatives saying that, but I'm not a free speech absolutist. 
Um, you know, I do think that there's reasonable restrictions um, that we can make. And uh, clearly, he really just doesn't know what he's talking about. And, you know, I really do believe that over time, the best ideas will win. And that's the general, um, you know, libertarian argument for free speech. But the collateral damage is not something that society should be willing to, uh, to withstand while people who are hurt and have no idea what they're doing end up within that, uh, within that realm. Yeah, I mean, one other thing I think we should mention is that, um, I mean, although what uh, Nick Fuentes is doing is connected to the alt-right and has a lot of similarities with it, it's not the same thing. Um, So there's a lot of conflict with, um, you know, some of the major players, if if you want to call them that, in in the movement. And uh, one thing about that is um that uh nick fuentes actually thinks that richard spencer who you know has been maybe like one of the most uh prominent white nationalists the last few years he thinks that richard spencer is too liberal so molly now that nick fuentes and his groipers are getting more attention and uh in response to some of the uh trolling at these events in response to some of the reporting that you've done at BigIfTrue.org, uh, I know that some of these platforms, social media platforms, are taking a look at whether they want to host his content. And so what's happening with him and, and how's it? How's this developing? Yeah, I mean, like, first of all, I'll run through, like, the companies I talked to last week. So um, first, his show was on Apple Podcasts. Like, after I contacted them, they didn't email me back, but they took the show down. Um, I also contacted um, Google, which owns YouTube, which is probably like the the biggest source of, you know, traffic to his show. Um, they, I sent them a specific uh, clip where he used gay slurs, he said racist and um uh, like other offensive stuff. And he also accused, uh, with absolutely no evidence, he accused Turning Point of uh, covering up a sexual scandal and supporting pedophilia, which is obviously, you know, there's nothing at all to back that up. Um, So I pointed that out to uh, Google, which owns YouTube, uh, sent them the, the video. They said they'd look into it. They never got back to me. I have the impression they're aware of his show. Um, they've also said this year that they're committed to getting rid of uh, white supremacist content, which is obviously like a, a little different than white nationalist content, but there's clearly overlap over that uh, between the two. I mean, um, so it is a big question as to what they're going to do because obviously uh, he and he's continuing to gain traction. Um, so there's that. He's also on Twitter um, and uh, other places online like video game streaming and stuff like that. Yeah, my my guess is Molly will have more information on uh, not just Nick Fuentes but other other people and similar. Uh, deep recesses of movements in the internet uh, in the future on BigUpTrue.org and here on the show. 
for sure. And before we go, so I just wanted to mention if any listeners want to contact me with feedback or tips or anything at all, um, my email is Bryant, B-R-Y-A-N-T, at Big If True. Um, you guys can also call me. My number is 405-990-0988. Every customer has a voice in uh, the Big If True world. We value your feedback. Thanks, Molly. Thanks for sharing that. We'll wrap the episode up there. Uh, today's episode was hosted by JC Cortez and me and produced by Molly Bryant and JC. Our theme is Oh No by Hartle Road. Hard Reset is still available on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe and rate us to help people find the show. Hard Reset is a podcast from BigIfTrue.org. We're nonpartisan and nonprofit. Support us at BigIfTrue.org slash support. Subscribe to our newsletter at BigIfTrue.org slash hard reset. Hard Reset.